0: Thank you to everyone who supports this show and all the shows in the Major Spoilers Podcast Network. If you are not already, you can become a Major Spoilers member by signing up at patreon.com slash Major Spoilers. The Major Spoilers Podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew and I'm Steven, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers Podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans just like you and me. In this issue, what do Spider-Man and Hellboy have in common?
1: Stick around and find out. Sleigh bells are ringing, carolers are singing. It's that time of year, and there's a light over at the Frankenstein place, so we're going to talk comics and pop culture till dawn or until 9.15 when I need to go to bed. Uh, light a candle to light another candle because the Major Spoilers
0: Podcast is on the air it's it's like a it's like a miracle right we didn't know if we had enough hard drive space to record this exactly. show and yet there was and more out than we enough. enough for eight shows eight, eight, shows. eight hard drive eight spaces shows it is a, a holiday miracle. miracle yes this is our holiday special we brought back all the the great people that you've been wanting over the years we've got uh well and we've also got uh no nah, it's it's uh, just matthew and i this week uh, Ashley's still out well. on vacation And Rodrigo is, uh, is sick, not feeling well. So hopefully, uh, both of them will be back and joining us in the very near future. It is post holidays, Matthew. And I don't know about you, but there was a, what is, what's the dearth means? What? A
1: virtual plethora of dearth. A dearth means a paucity or a lack.
0: Yes, there was a virtual dearth of comic book pop culture news, which is surprising because, you know, there was that big San Diego Comic-Con this past weekend
2: that uh, you figured
0: that that all the major news stories would have broken at the San Diego Comic-Con. I never heard back from anybody who said that they were going to the Comic-Con to fill in a report or anything like that. So, again, if you did go to the Comic-Con, I saw some video and some pictures and it looked very, very empty. and not saying yeah. that that's a bad thing because I enjoy going to planet comic con when there's not a whole lot of crowds there. I've been there when mm-hmm. there's been hardly anybody there and I've been there when it has been packed and I kind of prefer it when it's kind of in between those. And that's kind of what the pictures from San Diego comic con look like. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it was not very full. So I don't have very much news stuff. Do you have any big news? I things going on. Did you watch any, uh, did you watch the Hawkeye stuff over on the, the Disney plus?
1: Not yet. We were intending to watch Hawkeye, and then we didn't. Um, (laughs) I'm actually about four episodes behind on Doctor Who too, so I I may be going into. Yeah, what we actually did most of the last week, um, because of your, uh, you know, your of doom, I had actually been ordering and getting all of the Christmas gifts. Yeah, see, got uh, them done. In the house and wrapped. Not completely. I've still got a few that are that are shipping, but we've gotten just a huge <laughs> pile of Krimic. I guess
0: they will. Uh, all my stuff is supposed to. We did early shopping for the youngest. The oldest just wants money, which is fine. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, we don't uh, do that. But then Not the the, the wife, Uh, I got her stuff that she's, she, I don't think she realizes she's said multiple times that she wanted this but I was able to purchase it and it's supposed to all be here. All the stuff that I've ordered is supposed Mm -hmm. to be here this week. So it was also stuff that probably they had plenty of stock on. So it's Mm -hmm. not like, you know, it's not like a PS five, which will, uh, there will be an empty, empty chair for my PS five this year. Come, uh, Come uh, <laughs> Christmas, we're gonna f- yes, we're gonna we're gonna set aside an empty chair for Passover PS5. gonna be
1: like next spring, <laughs> but it's fine. <laughs>
0: oh, I guarantee now you, I gonna still gonna... won't be able to get a PS5 by Passover. You probably won't. That's that's fine. You know,
1: and my thing was virtually everything, <laughs> with the exception of the stuff that's coming from the UK, which I am actually going. Oh dear God, oh. is it gonna get here?
0: You know, I got everything I gotta came that.
1: like. I was getting overnights. Uh, I started shopping on a Thursday. Mm-hmm. I started getting packages on Friday afternoon. Yeah. Nice. Literally one thing that I wanted to you, buy for my wife uh-huh. came in nine hours after I ordered it.
0: Yeah. So the, it there's an Amazon, if you order through Amazon, there's an Amazon shipping station down in Ottawa, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, don't they have a warehouse down there in Ottawa? So, um, that's probably why you were able to get stuff so quick. So, cause I'm, uh, all, people like, Hey, you're awesome. Yeah, I guess that's what it is. Uh, so I got a thing about uh, UK stuff, and then we'll get into comic book stuff. If you guys want to hear us mm-hmm. talk about comic books, Matthew and I uh, reminisce about comic books over on the Major Spoilers podcast pre-show that you can you listen go? to yeah. only if yeah. you are a patron at the silver level and higher over at patreon.com slash major spoilers. Uh, yeah, we talked about all of our comic book buying habits in our stores when we were younger. But as many of you know... I have since just before pandemic time started to get into astrophotography and then pandemic happened and that kind of put a stop to a lot of the things that I was going to do. Well, during pandemic a lot of people took up astrophotography. So I was kind of ahead of head of the curve, you know, I was into it before everyone else realized they wanted to be into it. But when everyone else realized they wanted to be into it, they snatched up everything. I mean, all the cameras, all the mounts, all the gear, just h- impossible to find stuff. So, uh, over the last year or so, I have gotten a new, a uh, 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 dedicated telescope itself. It's a small one. Uh, I've got a, um, uh, a new camera for that telescope that I, that I just was finally able to test out the other night. But the thing that I've been waiting for is a mount that is big enough to hold, Uh, this new gear because the previous mount I had was kind of like for small telescopes and cameras, you know, just basically a star tracker kind of thing. Uh, but I wanted Mm -hmm. something that you could punch in, you know, I want to see the Andromeda galaxy and it'll slew everything to there and follow it and all that stuff. But I also knew that I needed something that was going to be heavy enough for any future telescope purchases. Right. And so the most popular telescope uh, mount has been sold out for over a year. Okay, so go back a year ago this time when I was first like, <laughs> oh, I really want to go and get this telescope mount because I have some money right now for this. Right. And it was sold out then. And so like I have been on every wait list for every uh specialty scientific astrophotography distributor, whatever in the United States since a year ago. The thing that didn't occur to me was what's going on in Europe. And I just figured they'd be sold out as well. And so I just about Oh, about a month ago, I was tooling around and I found this, uh, well-known site, first light optical out of the UK. And I was like, Oh, they have this mount and they say they have 10 in stock. This can't be right. And I em- emailed the guy and I was like, um, is this right? Do you guys really have 10 of these in stock? He goes, well, technically we have eight of these in stock because two of them are on hold waiting for a payment to arrive. And I'm like, Holy crap. And so like the very next day I, I was able to purchase this mount that I've been searching for, for a year and they shipped it super cheap. So, uh, obviously I didn't have to pay tax on this because it's uh, UK, right? So the mm-hmm. VAT was removed from it. The cost Got of it. shipping would have been the cost of the tax that I would have paid in the United States and the price was almost exactly the same of what I would have paid here in the United States. I think it was maybe 10 bucks more expensive, Uh, but it arrived about two weeks ago. And so I've just been waiting for some clear skies uh, to go out and, and shoot. And um, this week, uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday of this week, I was able to get out and, and shoot. Um, But it was just like, ah, what a miracle. Here's this package all the way from the UK that got here faster than anyone else here in the United States could deliver stuff. So if you're looking for stuff, for the holidays might want to check mm-hmm. out some of those UK locations and see if they ship to the United States. Cause Holy crap. And still, uh, I got one mm-hmm. notice from B and H photo yesterday mm-hmm. that they had a unit in stock or some units in stock, but still everyone that is a specialty, uh, astronomy store, um, still are completely sold out. So it's mm-hmm. good that you got your shopping done early. man. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm very excited. Still
1: waiting on some
0: things. Some They'll be there. Things. I'm sure that they will be there. Um, as far as some Hawkeye goes, guy. I'm going to be very interested on people's thoughts on Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. I was kind of like you. I was very much, I want to watch it, but then I didn't. And then finally, yeah. I think it was Friday night or something like that. Friday night or Saturday night. I finally was like, okay, i I've, no, it was Friday night. I will finally sit down and watch this. I thought it was good, but it wasn't, it wasn't the Fraction Aja run, Mm. even though it's, even though it, it tries to lift so much of that, uh, material and put it into this story. It's not that. And so I was maybe a little disappointed in that. And there's some moments it's like, why is this even happening? There's a whole thing with the kids in New York at Christmas time that doesn't make any sense. Uh, Clint Mm -hmm. could have just been doing an Avengers job and waiting to come home when he ran into the events that kicked off this story. So I don't know. Uh, The new episode comes out, what Wednesday, tomorrow. I'm not, I think so. I'm not on the edge of my seat to see it. Like I was with Loki.
1: Yeah. I was really psyched to see what if, Mm -hmm. but I think we waited to see the first episode of that too. Hmm. So it it may just be, you know, this is uh, it's a t- time of year and it's change. I got a thing from Facebook the other day that's like your birthday is coming up. And I'm like, yeah, I know, seasonal depression's already here. So <laughs> um,
0: you know, I could be anything. Well, but so yeah, one of the um, things that one of the things that I found that was very nice in this um show was they do have Clint wearing a hearing aid. Mm-hmm. Um they make a joke out of how come he has to wear a hearing aid. But, um, and of course it makes sense that he would have to wear a hearing aid, but they do call out that he is wearing a hearing aid, uh, mm-hmm. in, in this series. So that's nice. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, that was that. So if anybody else has watched Hawkeye and you really like it, so the nice thing for you, Matthew is tomorrow, there will be three episodes waiting for you because they release the first two on the first day. Nice. Do we have Chris you watch- tomorrow? Yes, we do. Um <laughs> well then I can't watch it, can I? <laughs> you can watch it before or after. Um did you watch Hitmonkey on Hulu?
1: Okay. I'm never gonna watch Hitmonkey. They've been trying I'm... to make fetch happen with Hitmonkey since 2005, and I'm just I'm sick of it. I just we I've had, never found anything interesting about Hitmonkey.
0: We had that discussion about um Modoc, the Modoc show, and how it just Really didn't hit for me or didn't strike home for me or anything like that. Um, I got literally two minutes into Hit Monkey and I was like, No, I'm not interested in this, and I turned it off. So, um, yeah, I don't know if I'll go back to that. So, I'm not gonna, definitely not going back to Modoc. I don't think I'm going to go back to Hit Monkey, but maybe yeah, you do. I think what did we watch of Modoc? We watched like the first, I don't know, I think we watched the whole first season. We, we it, talked about the whole, f- it, did we? Cause it didn't I think we like did. Because at least um, I watched I at least I watched the whole season. I know Rodrigo had watched the whole season. Um, so yeah. I don't know. Maybe, dear listeners, you liked the Modoc, the Hawkeye, the Hitmonkeys. Or maybe you hated it. Let us know. Podcast, majorspoilers.com. We'll talk about that in a future future episode. Did you do anything fun over the holiday, Matthew? Yeah. Uh What'd
1: I did you do? not leave my house. Uh, yeah, I no. uh, <laughs> kind of just Sort of hung out and, uh, some prison. Yeah, I had some pie. Uh, part of the issue with the holiday this year is, uh, we weren't going anywhere. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, there, 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 there are some issues with visiting certain members of the family. Really business- the vis the businesses. People who don't want to,
0: people who don't want to get, uh, their shot.
1: Well, I'm not going to call anybody out as an anti-vax. Well, you don't but, have to, you know, but it, that, that's probably the main reason. But, uh, yeah, we had, uh, you know, we had dinner here. The kid was like, yep, I want this and this. And I'm like, fine, make it. And so they did. Um, yeah, so that was kind of nice. And a we lot did. of it was just kind of a <sighs> Thanksgiving is an eating holiday. And, uh, my doctor's like, you have to lose weight. And I'm so mad at her that I'm losing weight. And
0: yeah, that doesn't so. sound like being, uh, um, what is it? What is it called when you do something out? Of, it doesn't sound like you're doing that out of spite, right? Is that a spite yeah, you would be like, I'm going to eat am. all the and food. I feel,
1: like, I feel like really what it is, is, um, I am, I, I, I know my own motivations and I feel like the best way to get me to really do something is to channel my inner brat and to tell yeah, but that the kid brat would say I'm not, would do the her. opposite.
0: Yeah. But the, the, the brat would be like, I'm going to do the opposite, right? No, 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 no. This is like, we're going to show
1: her. We're gonna be like I'm gonna, We're gonna lose more weight than anybody in the world, y'all. <laughs> so you know, I've dropped like ten percent of my of my body weight, and I'm like, woohoo! Um, so, no, that's yeah. good. And of course, I had to work on Friday. Oh yeah, but yeah. because of the nature of my job, I only had to do about twenty five per. Excuse me, twenty five percent of the actual uh, job processes actually apply on a holiday. So literally sat there with two, three, sometimes seven minute waits. Just
0: nobody's nothing to
1: do. Well, that's nice. Nobody called. Uh,
0: Billy's got a turkey bone stuck in his mouth. What do I do?
1: Um, But, you know, we, you know, we did the thing and hung out and I did a, I did a lot of uh, editing, a lot of digital editing. Uh, The kid is getting ready to do their uh, senior pictures Mm -hmm. and they're like, can you make this picture look good? I'm like, yeah. What do you want me to do? I don't want to see this and this and this. So I'm like, right, well, give me two minutes. So I edited out this and this, and then I messed with the colors. And then I'm like, you know, I need to warm this up a little bit.
0: Make sure the eyes are in the upper third or Stephen will yell at you. Yeah. Um, make sure nice. you don't put her, make sure you didn't uh, crop out her eyes and put them on her chin or anything, Matthew. That would be horrible. Uh, that would we be ended hilarious. Up, <laughs> we ended up, uh, I was like, we're going to have like the lowest low key Thanksgiving ever. It started with, uh, Wednesday because everybody was off on Wednesday, setting up the Christmas tree, which I was, no, actually we set up the Christmas tree the weekend before Thanksgiving, which I was totally against, but whatever. Um, but on Wednesday, uh, I just cooked a bunch of chicken legs, fried them up, mm-hmm. you know, nice air fried, uh, really good stuff. And then I was just like, I bought a fruit platter. I bought a meat and cheese platter. I bought, uh, some dips, uh, some, you know, some hummus and a, uh, spinach, uh, jalapeno spinach dip which was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and some vegetables and it was just graze time. Uh, we bought a pie and we bought a cake for my wife's birthday. Cause her wa- birthday was this past Saturday. Um, mm-hmm. and so that's all we did. It was just like big old spread on the counter. And it's just like, if you're hungry, eat, we're not going to have a sit down meal. It's just, you eat what you want. And then I made the mistake of telling my son because he's my youngest that he's been uh, watching amphibia for the mm-hmm. longest time. And I catch episodes here and there but I don't understand all of the lore about what's really going on with the story. And so I told them and they're already up to season three. And I mm-hmm. told him, I said, how about this on Thanksgiving day? You and I can sit down and we will watch the entire first season of Amphibia. And he's like, mm-hmm. sounds great. Let's do it. And I was very excited about it until I realized that, uh, this isn't like a 12 episode Disney screwing your, <laughs> you over with your favorite kind of show thing. No, this is a full on twenty. this is 20 episodes in the first season at a half hour each. And we started (laughs) around nine o'clock and we finished somewhere around five o'clock. Uh, I'm glad I watched it. It was really cool. I really like Amphibia. Uh, I would put it up there with, um, Gravity Falls. It is also by, um, one of the people who worked on Gravity Falls, the creator is somebody who worked on Gravity Falls and Alex Hirsch does a lot of work with gravity falls, either as a voice actor or lending some other talents that I don't want to spoil. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a really cool show. It's a really cool show that shows representation of minorities. Um, and I think it's, I think it's really, really well done. So that was my Thanksgiving. Um, it was super low key and I enjoyed the heck out of it. I don't know if my wife enjoyed it as much because she also had to sit and watch, you know, 10 hours of, uh, amphibia after she's already seen every episode, probably three or four times. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty fun. So dear listeners, I hope you, if you lived in the United States, had a good Thanksgiving. And, uh, if you lived, uh, outside of the United States, I hope you had a very good Thursday. If you want to share your Thanksgiving, uh, things, then you know where to go. You need to head over to the major spoilers discord. You can join the major spoilers discord server for free, or you can link your Patreon account to discord. And then you can get access to even more hidden features. Find out more about how you can do that. At Patreon.com/slash Major Spoilers, we're gonna have a fair. Oh shoot, we're already like uh, half hour into this show. We better get to uh, some reviews, Matthew. We've only got two reviews this week. I am very surprised. Oh, we did have a, we did have access to Hitman, um, uh, the Human Target. I was surprised you didn't do that this week. Instead, you got Checkmate from DC Comics. Checkmate.
1: Yeah, because, um, you know, a lot of times at Major Spoilers, there is a feeding frenzy on anything that's the first issue. Yeah. I'm a big believer in reading the last issue. Okay. And so this Checkmate, which is the biggest series of the summer of 19, uh, 2019, uh, is out. Uh, coming out of uh, Event Leviathan. You may remember Event Leviathan. It was like 15 I years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, this was the series that rolled out of event Leviathan and rebuilt checkmate. So mm-hmm. there was a checkmate and their, their central, uh, organization was Steve Hunter, mm-hmm. uh, manhunter, Kate Spencer, M- Mr. Mr. Bones, Mr. Bones yep. yeah, Green Arrow, mm-hmm. the question, Nightwing, and this, uh, this mysterious character called the King and Talia Al Ghul. Mm-hmm. One of those people turned out to be a traitor.
0: <gasps> Who was Who it? Who could it
1: possibly be? Was it Talia al Ghul? You think? Was it Mr. King? <laughs> it was not Mr. King. It was freaking Talia al Ghul. No way. So, yeah, this, of course, is tied alert. heavily into uh, Bendis' Superman run, which, again, mm-hmm. is 2019 Superman run. Yeah. So if you had been reading that book and really loving it a couple of years ago, this is totally the book for you. I don't necessarily feel like once this is all collected and you can buy it in TPB form, that's going to be a big knock on this issue. But it does not feel timely. Um, so I went into this feeling like, wait, didn't the first issue of this come out like three years ago? And I'm like, no, I was thinking of Event Leviathan. Which did come out in like uh, late 2019. This series started in June of this year, and uh, Evil Talia has been evil, and so she has betrayed the team to Mark Shaw, the former manhunter, mm-hmm. who is also secretly Leviathan. Mm-hmm. In this issue, ooh, that's a good catchphrase. I sh- um, you have a big fight sequence. Talia gets away clean. Everybody's like doodly doodly doo. And then the unexpected thing, the one thing that I'm like, oh my God, I did not see that coming, happens when um Leviathan turns on Leviathan. And uh the Mark Shaw, this super paranoid spy goober who's trying to kill everybody, mm-hmm. discovers that he's actually created an organization more super paranoid than him. Mm. And the thing. The thing that I expected that I knew was going to happen does happen in this issue. And it's a pretty awesome moment because, you know, guys are everywhere. The Guardian is in play. Green Arrow is in play. All these people are running around. They're having to evacuate the Hall of Justice. People are everywhere. Doobly doobly do. And finally, Lois Lane is like, oh, my God, this is serious. And she says quietly under her breath, Smallville. And you know who comes when that
0: happens? Uh, Crypto? he shows up Oh, and then things happen. Yeah. No, her husband, you doofus. Oh, I thought he was off planet with her son doing stuff.
1: Oh no, no, no. That's later or earlier. Oh, okay. I don't know when okay. this takes place, but there are two interesting reveals here. One, when you get to the end of the issue, a new player comes in and says, yep, you guys are now going to officially be a new checkmate, but for God's sake, don't bring in Talia Al Ghul, you big dummies. Uh, they're all like, okay, we'll be spies together. But you know, what about this mysterious guy? And, uh, their new leader, Amanda Waller walks up to, uh, Mr. King, the mysterious guy and says, it's nice to meet you. Commandy. Oh, nice. I'm like, oh, okay. Now, normally I would say, is that a spoiler in this case? No, because that's not the big thing that is surprising about this issue. So, Um, pacing wise, it's problematic. I feel like a lot of these sequences end up being kind of over, overridden by Bendis dialogue. There's a fight sequence between Talia and Manhunter. That's just all zippy dippy Bendis back and forth. And there's a couple of moments where I think someone is saying something that's meant to be sarcastic. Like you say something at the end. I know, right? something that happens in sort of that sort of tone, but there's no tone in a comic book. So I can't tell really. And there are the, the problem that I had with Bendis writing Dr. Strange was that he made Dr. Strange talk like Carl from the, you know, the grocery store on the corner and everybody in this story feels like they have the same voice except for Lois Lane. That includes Superman. Uh, which is problematic for me. And the idea that we had to build this new team out of the ashes of a new team only to have them burned down and create the new team that we had at the beginning of Checkmate 2021, six months ago, had to be burnt down in order to create the new team out of the ashes of that team. And now totally this new team is going to stick around you guys. I just, I don't know. I don't buy it. It doesn't feel like anything earth shattering and it wanted to be earth shattering. It really did. Uh, the word Lazarus pits, uh, or words, Lazarus pits appears here in a very meaningful context, but I don't know. Uh, it's just, it's hard. It is. I feel like Alex Maliev is a good artist, a good painter, but doesn't really fit in the DC universe. So there's a couple of moments where Maliev is drawing, you know, something that's clearly supposed to be Clark and Lois, but it looks like, you know, Jim and Peggy from down the street. And that can be an issue when you're dealing with something, you know, like the DC universe, when you're dealing with concepts that I feel like are intrinsically above and beyond normal street level stories, but we're playing it just like a street level daredevil story at Marvel that Bendis and Maliev have given us. I feel like it, it didn't work for me. Um, two slices of meatloaf for checkmate number six. It does some things well, but it does enough things wonky and just sort of exists in its own weird bubble. A problem that I'm having with a lot of comics lately. Um, so, I mean, it it, honestly, in a lot of ways it, it might never have needed to happen. And that's a shame.
0: Well, I guess it depends on if this feels like a spy story. Cause that was one of the things that I liked about the checkmate from early two thousands, whenever that checkmate series was Didn't running. You,
1: that would have come after one year later.
0: Uh, so
1: 2006 ish.
0: Yeah. Somewhere coming, around out, there.
1: Pulling out of 52.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, I really <laughs> like the spy nature of what checkmate does. You know, this would have been, yes. this would have been the lead up cause checkmate was around or at least in stories when, uh, Wonder Woman who broke Max's neck. Right. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: Check, yeah. Max was, was part of checkmate. I yeah. think Max had corrupted checkmate
0: at that point. Yeah. And so I checkmate really did those kind came of came
1: out in about 88, right out of the crisis.
0: Yeah. I like checkmate as essentially shield. I mean, that's kind of what it is DC shield. And I like mm-hmm. those kind of stories that can be told in a spy nature. And I really like when, um, Nightwing got involved with checkmate as one of their agents, Uh, those kind of stories were really good. Uh, I like when you get these secondary characters, like, uh, what's his name? Kingfisher. And, um, what was that guy's name? It was something like that. Mr. Bones. And, um,
1: you're Mr. Bones. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I like those characters doing their behind the scenes things. And so I really dig checkmate from that. I enjoyed the Leviathan story that, uh, Bendis was telling, uh, over in the Mm -hmm. pages of action or Superman or whichever one it was action. I think. Uh, yeah, was and so maybe this may be something that if it gets collected in a trade that I'll, pr- I'll sit down and read because I might, but it, did this feel like a spy adventure story? Did this feel like, a an Avengers with Mrs. Peel or did this feel like a,
1: this DC felt like book? a Tom Cruise mission impossible. with uh, okay. Superman.
0: All right. That, that, that might be fun for a lot of people. Uh, mm-hmm. listeners, you can go and check that out yourself. Matthew thinks it's only a two. What about you? Podcast major Let us know. I was originally going to read another book this week for the Major Spoilers podcast, but our dear, 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 dear fans and listeners to the Dueling Review podcast decided to vote for that unanimously almost after I'd already claimed it as my book. So if you want to hear both Matthew and I's thoughts on King of Spies, you will definitely want to check out... Oh, man. Oh, man. You're definitely... You can hear it in my voice, ladies and gentlemen, you definitely are going to want to check out this week's dueling review because (laughs) we're going to review the heck out of that book. And I can tell you right now that I'm kind of glad that I switched to yummy, a history of desserts from Victoria grace. Now this is a book from random house, house graphic random house. Graphic is the kid imprint of random house books. This is their graphic novel stuff and they write stuff for all ages. Um, Yummy, A History of Desserts is literally what the book is about. It's one of those educational books done in a graphic novel format. We're introduced to a little pixie who takes us through the history of ice cream and cake and brownies and donuts and pies and gummies and cookies uh, in all of these chapters. This is a very, very, very long book. It's definitely worth, I think, the 19 cover price. Um, and... This is a book for kids. If you're trying to get your kids interested in a little bit of history, if your kid shows any kind of interest in the culinary arts, I would give this to them. This might be a really great little um Christmas gift or a holiday gift to give to someone who shows interest in cooking. Not only does it cover the entire history of ice cream over the course of 20 pages, Matthew. Mm-hmm. Um which is kind of interesting because they spend about a page or two per very specific points in history. They talk about like Nero and how he would have ice with wine and fruit on it. And you know, how then that evolved into this and how that evolved into that and how, uh, what the, um, uh, people in Baghdad were doing uh, with this stuff. So it's really kind of cool to go and and learn some historical facts in there. It's done in a very cutesy way. I think if you have a, uh, someone who is hardcore into comics, Uh, this book definitely isn't for them because it's very cutesy as far as all of the art goes. And it's probably aimed more towards, towards, um, women than it is men, but I, I found it very enjoyable. Probably the best part about this is, and this is why I think it's a great gift is that, you know, after you read about, you know, the history of ice cream, there's a whole recipe on how to make ice cream, make your own ice cream. And it's done in a very, you know, low key way. So it's just like, get a bag of ice, get a bag of this and put these ingredients in and then shake it around. Yeah. Yeah. And then shake it around. And then the next thing you know, you got ice cream and they got a recipe for cookies. And uh, I forget what the gummy recipe is uh, for that one, but it has something to do with, no, no, they make a blueberry pie. There's a blueberry pie that you make in here as well. And so I think that's kind of a neat thing. Your kid or whoever, even uh, an adult could read this if they want to can read about the history of cake, and then there's a recipe on cake. Uh, And then you can go and make that, and you can feel like you've had a little connection with history because you've read it, and now you've made it, and then you're going to eat it. Um, So this is a really kind of a cool book. I don't think it's for everybody, but I do think, again, if there is somebody in your life, a young child, that is into cooking, this might be the perfect gift for them or just to get them interested in it. Uh, and so, uh, order it now. It's out right now. It's out this week from Random House Graphic. You can find it on all of the various bookstore sites, etc. A uh, yummy, a history of desserts from Victoria Grace. It's not going to be deep. It's not a Brian Michael Bendis, uh, dialogue that go- runs throughout this piece. Like Matthew would talk about in Checkmate. Very simple dialogue, very simple interactions, very basic explanations on stuff. You know, they're not going into, you know, why Nero was a bad guy or anything like that uh they're just saying hey here's what nero enjoyed and here's what people put onto it yes he did send slaves to go and gather the ice from the mountains um so there's there's those parts in it but overall i really enjoyed it uh i'm going to give it four slices of meatloaf out of 5 or four slices of leftover turkey out of 5 or uh i ate four slices of the five slices of pumpkin pie that uh that were left over from from thanksgiving <laughs> Actually, I only had one slice of pumpkin pie this year. The, the youngest ate most of the rest of it. Um, nice. So there you go. Yummy, a history of desserts from random house graphic. Four slices of meatloaf. It's, a, it's an enjoyable little book. I'm hoping that there is, because again, Matthew, ice cream cake, brownies, donuts, pie, gummies, and cookies. You're going to make chocolate mm-hmm. chip cookies. That's the recipe in that. I, I have a feeling that Victoria cookies. Grace has probably in her back pocket more you know, yummy, even more history of desserts, or maybe she will do a thing on uh yummy, a history of sous vide or, you know, things like that. Uh, I think that there, she probably has <laughs> something in her back pocket waiting to uh, come out as a sequel to this. So you could have a whole series of these books on your, on your shelf. And these could be uh, my first cookbook series done in comic book form. So there you go. I will say this is uh, entirely more enjoyable. I've always thought in the trade paperback seg- segment of one of these shows, I don't mm-hmm. think we've done, I don't think we've done it, but I've always thought it would be fascinating to do one of those, uh, graphic novels on like statistics where they try to explain mm-hmm. things like statistics or, um, uh,
1: physics or, or something. call them in, in Kansas statistics.
0: Yeah. In, in comic book form. And I've read a couple of those and they're like dry AF. Um, but this is kind of like the fun version of that. So if you've read some of those other ones, then you kind of know what you're getting into here. So there you go. All right. Uh, It is the Christmas time. It is the holiday time. So we're going to read a couple of uh, holiday holiday books because uh, I can tell you, looking at the schedule for next week, we need Mm -hmm. to wrap up our Star Trek uh, crossover events for this year. So Mm -hmm. next week is Star Trek Planet of the Apes. Then Mm -hmm. we have Spider-Man Master Planner that Mm -hmm. should, oh wait, Spider-Man comes out this week. Right. Mm. So we should have flipped that ah, Dang, These Hollywood oh, people know. and the always moving movies around. I had scheduled the Blue Spider-Man Movers. master planner for, um, the no way home release, but I think that comes out December 3rd now. Maybe it doesn't. Uh, whatever. Oh, maybe. Uh, and then we have our two wrap up episodes to wrap up the year. So we don't have a whole lot. So if we're going to do anything that is very specific to the holiday season, it is it's... this episode right here. And so this year I went, I don't know if we've done these before or not. Some of them seemed familiar. Uh, we went back into the archives and we pulled out Hellboy, a Christmas underground for, by Mike Mignola and dark horse comics released in 2015. Uh, Hellboy spins Christmas underground with dead guys. Uh, as he tries to save a dying woman's. I don't know. I don't know if he's trying to soul? save the soul of her daughter or granddaughter or somebody that haunts the haunts the house. Mm-hmm. But yes, this is probably, I, I know that Hellboy deals with a lot of religious things. Uh just that's the nature of de- dealing with demons and, and whatnot. So you run into Christianity quite a bit in Hellboy books. But this one is, I think, probably the most Christian Christianity Hellboy book uh that we've read. Not only because it's a Christmas book, uh hmm. and everything, but just the the fact that we're trying to save spirits and the cross, you know, the um rosary crucifix, comes into yeah. yeah comes into play and the crucifix comes into play a lot in in driving out the demons in this story um so i thought that that was kind of fascinating in itself uh and well. then of course the the priest that's uh, trying to do last rites on this old woman doesn't seem to be shocked at all by a red demon walking through the manor house well i mean it when did hellboy come to the surface, the forties, nineteen forties, yeah, during World War Two. So,
1: I mean, Hellboy's been around for like half a century at this point. You figure even an old dude like that ha- has been aware of Hellboy for.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm sure people. Are, I'm sure people are aware of Hellboy, but again, if you know that he's a demon, wouldn't right. you, I as, as a Hellboy. as a religious person, be more fearful of Hellboy? Or have that in? Uh, is it, it this the Ron is-
1: Perlman Hellboy, hell or is it the, uh, <laughs> the Pennywise from uh, It Hellboy? Because they're different Hellboys.
0: Yeah, no, this would definitely be the uh Perlman. the Guillermo del Toro Hellboy.
1: <laughs> I might be intimidated by Hellboy, but I think you know, I'd I'd also be like, ooh, kind of fascinating. Yeah. You know, I mean, if, if anything, I guess like if Justin
0: Bieber showed up at my doorstep, I wouldn't like invite him in, but <laughs> well, it would no, be you never, you out. never invite a, you never invite a celebrity into your home. <laughs> what are you Stop. crazy? They come into your home and then all of a sudden they're just eating all your food and sleeping in your bed. So yeah, you don't want that to happen. Um, I guess the one thing that may be why someone like a, a, a priest might be very accepting of Hellboy might be because it only confirms their belief system and their faith system. Right.
1: Well, I mean, he is living proof of, you know, good and evil and the yeah, of demons. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah So that little, maybe literally
1: uh, the son of Santa.
0: Yeah. So maybe that is the thing that, 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 uh, makes it have a lot more sense. We do get to see Hellboy fight his brother, the boar guy that we've seen in the Hellboy goes to hell issue. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of interesting. Um, yes, what, what else about, go ahead.
1: I, I really love the fact that at no point do they say vampires. Right, but clearly vampires. i hmm. uh, you know, the uh, it it feels to me like the old lady's daughter wandered out and got vampirized. Oh, uh, okay. I thought ago.
0: that I thought that she had just been poltergeisted away, kind of you know, uh, not necessarily sucked into the TV, but essentially a right. poltergeist situation. And so now she was trapped on this other side with all the demons, and she didn't want to be there. And so Hellboy comes in and punches the crap out of a bunch of demons, and then. <laughs> shows off the rosary and the crucifix and everything catches fire and the old lady dies the end. But maybe vampires,
1: I guess. The old lady dying actually is kind of almost a bittersweet moment at the end mm-hmm. where Hellboy's like, yeah, she thought I was Santa and she's a nice old lady. Yeah. And I was like, I I kind of like that ending where it's you know Christmas Eve is over. The danger has passed. It's Christmas Mm -hmm. morning. Mm -hmm. The old lady's burning to death in her manor house.
0: Yeah. (laughs) All is right with the world. Well, right. Because, um, you know, as the story ends, the sun is coming up. I don't think it's midnight mass time. I don't think it's that part. But it's almost like the Yule log has burned through the night. Kept us bright. Now we're mixing our different uh, religious stuff together. We've we've got to the eighth day. Yeah. And <laughs> and the log was still burning. The old lady was a Yule tide
1: burned for eight days. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was a Yuletide miracle. Um, but yeah, so then, you know, uh the 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 danger is over and now we are into the light of uh of the new day. And so now the manor house can burn. They really don't explain how the manor house catches um, on fire because the priest is like And yeah, maybe vampires because he's like, Oh, I just couldn't uh I didn't have it in my heart to stab her with the stake like you wanted me to. Right. And Hellboy's like, yeah, I can understand that. And he's like, but she passed. And Hellboy's like, okay, she was a nice old lady. And he's like, what about the yeah. fire? And the priest is like, I have no idea how that started. And they're like, okay. And then they just walk off as the manor house burns.
1: Yeah. Uh, I feel like this showed up in one of our Hellboy it did. Uh, I, I, collections. Yeah.
0: yeah. In fact, the but I we, really do, we're reading this from one of the big trades, the short story trade. Yeah, I think it's in like volume three or volume four, but... I like
1: it. I like the fact that it addresses Christmas, but it addresses Christmas from a BPRD standpoint. And it doesn't break uh, the nature of Hellboy or Christmas Mm -hmm. to have Hellboy running around on Christmas. There's even, you know, a really sweet moment where the hallucinating old lady is like, I know you, your father Christmas. Mm -hmm. And, and, and Hellboy is just like, sure lady, whatever. But I, I, I really kind of feel like this is one of those stories that at the end there's been a lot of death and things are on fire and, you know, zombie mice or whatever. But it's also got kind of an upbeat ending in that the old lady's either zombie or vampire daughter has come back and reunited with her and, you know, her ring turned into a a lizard for some reason. And it's, it's kind of a happy ending Hellboy style. And I like that. I I feel like, you know, you get to the end of this story and it's not like we've been listening yeah, to jump- a lot of Christmas carols. Oh, yeah. And, you know, there's a line in that one Christmas carol that goes, there'll be scary ghost stories and something, something. And I'm uh-huh. like, are there scary ghost stories? And I realized uh, Dickens yeah, Christmas, carol.
0: Christmas carol is a horror story. Yeah.
1: And it ends with that weirdly upbeat note, even though, you know, people are dead and Scrooge is definitely going to H E double hockey sticks. (laughs) And this kind of feels like that a little bit.
0: I I see where you're coming from on. I see where you're coming from on that. I, I do feel like there's a melancholiness uh, or Mm -hmm. melancholy that permeates the ending of this story. But at the same time, it feels hopeful and that, you know, that everyone has found their version of peace in this. Uh, and so I, I I think there is that, Yeah, I think there is that hope moment in there, but it is, it's tinged with the melancholy of everybody died.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it's, that's kind of where the winter festival is. You know, you Mm -hmm, get to the point mm -hmm. where it's dark and it's cold and we're going to light some lights and we're going to do something. And, you know, we're going to celebrate the fact that we didn't freeze to death again, you know? Yeah. And you break it down, you get to the end. She saved her little girl and she thought I was Santa Claus. And I'm like, yeah. That's good. Also yep. in my head, Hellboy talks like torque. Um, I always find him.
0: I oddly find him having a much higher pitched voice. Uh, yeah. I know, I know when you get the grumpiness of, um, uh, of helpful. Ron Perlman or you get the grumpiness of the gravelly voice of, uh, uh, stranger things going on in there. Everybody expects a little deeper baritone, but always, every time I see Hellboy say, ah, crap, I always just hear him going, ah, crap. You know, kind of in a higher pitch, as opposed like Park, to uh like oh, crap," Park
1: Simpson sort of thing.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, but with maybe I a little remember. bit more bassy, maybe a little bit more bassy, maybe a, a Millhouse uh, in that sense. <laughs> yeah. So there's Hellboy A Christmas Underground. It is part of the uh, Hellboy short stories collection, so you can find it there, and probably in other collected volumes that are out there. Uh, there's probably a whole volume of nothing but the holiday stories that Mike Mignola has told over the years. I'm pretty sure there's one where Hellboy fights a demon Santa Claus, uh, somewhere in my, in my memory, uh, castle. Uh, but then we're going to flip over to Marvel comics and Darwin cook, the late great Darwin cook, as he tells a Spider-Man tale set on Christmas Eve as New York city gets snowed in and, uh, Who finds the kids? Is it Peter Parker? Peter Parker finds a bunch of little kids that got, uh, separated from their, from their school trip. And so he brings them to the daily bugle where everyone is having their Christmas party. And so there's little kids running around causing JJ Jameson, uh, all sorts of headaches and trouble. Meanwhile, um, the fantastic four are looking for crystal. She's disappeared. Mm -hmm. And then we also have, what's the third plot story?
1: Flash Thompson is dressing up as oh, yeah, Spider-Man yeah.
0: for something. Yeah, Flash Thompson is dressing up as Spider-Man uh, at the local at the local Macy's or whatever it is, n- big department store. And of course, mayhem ensues when the puppet master takes control of uh, Flash Thompson, Spider-Man, and it's revealed that he's already captured Crystal, and he's having them rob the the Macy's. And then, of course, the Fantastic Four have to get involved. Uh, uh, Wasp is there because she is shopping with Sue and who's the other Medusa. woman there? Medusa. Yeah. Yeah. They're all shopping together. And meanwhile, <laughs> J Jonah Jameson is terrorizing the children by telling them how bad Santa Claus is. And then he, or uh, Spider-Man is, and then he hears that Spider-Man's terrorizing Macy. So he takes all the kids down there to see how bad Spider-Man is. And then of course, Peter Parker shows up and he's like, wait a minute, that's not what's going on. And it's a big fight. And I got to say, as much as I like Darwin Cook as a writer and an artist, this story is all over the place. This is
1: very, very silly and it feels very stream of consciousness.
0: Yes, very much so.
1: And I'm really okay with Darwin doing, you know, silly kind of uh, whimsical art, you know, a big head Spider-Man with tiny limbs, very cartoony. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Darwin's Medusa. Oh my God, I would marry a Darwin cook picture of medusa um but yeah when you really break this story down it's just like it's a roller coaster ride it's, it's shenanigans get to the yeah. end and it doesn't stop it just sort of shoots off into you the know what wall. it feels like
0: it mm. feels like an animaniacs episode
1: yes um that is that is what i was thinking it's like a, a looney tunes of some sort where mm-hmm. just wacky things keep happening and then a possessed flash thompson Ends up with a chainsaw. You know, there's elements of the the craziness of gremlins, which mm-hmm. also takes place at the, you know, your grimace. Mm-hmm. There's all sorts of stuff in here where you're like, hey, we're referencing other holiday stories, but it's weird to see Darwin do cartoony, cartoony Spider-Man. Yeah. And then a more realistic Fantastic Four, mm-hmm. even The Thing, looks you know realistic spider-man is this tiny little wiry guy i mean it's interesting um i don't know that that i hate it but i also you know part of my problem with the tangled web series when it originally came out back in the 2000s was um it was every episode or every issue of this book is out of continuity right which means you can kind of have that moment of wee but you also don't really have any grounding element. And of course, you know, the rule of alternate realities don't count. So let's just kill everybody and be done with it. Well, I mean, they don't, they don't go
0: that far. I mean, they, they, they tie everything up very nicely and everyone has a, a Merry Christmas. Everyone's able to get home and Peter gets to Mm -hmm. go home to Mary Jane and Aunt May and, and everybody else uh, gets to have their, their moments. Even, even JJ is even nice enough to make sure the kids get home safely and all those things. I think that there's some very fun kid humor to be found in this book, but there's also some like kind of adult humor too, because when uh, Crystal and uh, Sue Richards and uh, Wasp go shopping, uh, Mm -hmm. Sue keeps saying, oh, Franklin wants this Fantastic Four play set, but I don't know if that's appropriate or not. And they make they make a comment that's like, oh, because uh, you don't think it's appropriate for Franklin to play with his family, uh, and then they're like, or is it because the action figure has such a big butt on you? And they just keep joking about how big, <laughs> you know, how how big of a butt the Sue Richards action figure has all throughout the rest of the issue, and it's just like, okay, uh, maybe that's maybe that's also kitty humor, but it's also kind of adult uh, in in a way. So there is that, and and Darwin is Who is sculpted no, that butt. Right. Um, uh, Darwin is no stranger to putting in a little risque and also a little fun at the same time. Uh, so, you know, this seems right on target for the way he was as a creator and everything that I had read of his as a creator. He's of course passed and that's a, a huge tragedy, but, um, it was kind of fun. I don't think I ever had ever read this comic before. So this was kind of a nice holiday treat.
1: I have definitely read this one, and um, part of it, I think, is that uh, Jay Bone is also involved in this, and hmm. I don't remember if Jay, like a writer, or... or if Jay, yeah, you know, it's one of those things where they're like, "Hey, we're co-creators," and I, I believe that this was written and drawn in concert by Darwin and Jay Bone, but I also kind of get a feel of. You know, when we say, hey, look, stream of consciousness, that may be really what we're getting. It may be Mm, one of those mm -hmm. things where they were like, hey, I'm going to draw this page and you draw the next page Mm. and I'll be in Scotland before you. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. I just feel like by the time you get to the end of this story, you're like, and all a good night and thank you (laughs) for being Mm -hmm. done. Mm -hmm. As nice as it was to see some classic Marvel Universe stuff. I really feel like Hellboy, you know, beating people up and an old lady burning in the in the mansion is kind of more to my taste than this particular story
0: and yeah maybe I'm just old and mean. No, I was going to I was going to agree with you like I said this issue, the story is kind of all over the place. And I, I like your stream of consciousness. They were sharing, mm-hmm. you know, splitting, splitting writing duties, almost like um, I wrote
1: this page and then Jay had to pick up. the Yeah. Next page. My understanding
0: is that's how they did Illuminatus trilogy. Not, not Darwin cook and Jay bone, but um, right. Robert Anton Wilson and Robert Shea, that they were basically passing pages or chapters back and forth to one another. There's not really chapters in that book. Um, and saying, okay, now you pick it up. Now you continue it. Uh, So I could see that kind of happening here. I was trying to get to the um, inside front cover of this to Mm -hmm. see where bone is listed and what his, Yeah, it just says um,
1: by Darwin and J bone. Yeah. By Darwin
0: and J. Yeah. Yeah. So it doesn't list anything else. Um, So yeah, maybe that's what they were doing. Uh, Of these two. One or
1: number 17.
0: Number 21. uh, There was one. There's a number 11, I believe, which was also another Mm -hmm. holiday issue. That while I yes. was looking for the, uh, for the code, the Amazon code, it, it popped up the issue number 11. And I was like, oh, there was a nice. Christmas holiday issue before this? We should have done that. Uh, because honestly, I didn't enjoy this one as much as I enjoyed the, the Mike Mignola Hellboy one.
1: All and right. It's not looking st- at the Grand Comics database,
0: uh-huh.
1: uh, Darwin Cook script, uh-huh. J-Bone pencils, Darwin Cook inks.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Colors by Matt Hollingsworth.
0: Right. Now Hollingsworth is listed in the credits on the comic. So that makes sense. Okay. Uh, Because it, yeah. Okay. That, that makes a lot more sense because there's moments in this where I was like, this doesn't feel like like
1: Darwin. Darwin. Yeah. That's like,
0: "Mm." yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, It's a fun issue. Uh, You know, if you want some Darwin cook, Spider-Man stuff, um, I mean, I don't know if there's much of that out there, so this may be the only place you can get it. So, uh, you can go check it out, but of the two, it's, it's my least favorite of these two. That being mm-hmm. said, uh, the whole boy one is, is kind of grim and melancholy. So if you're looking for a happy Christmas cheer, spider mans probably going to be, uh, more your thing. Final well, thoughts from you, Matthew?
1: I feel like, you know, having a melancholy Christmas this year, it's probably, you know, it's, it's de rigueur. It's going to happen. Everybody's going to be like, oh man. I'm sad and everything, but you could do worse. And I honestly feel like when it comes to any holiday story, the success or failure isn't necessarily, uh, is it great? Or Mm -hmm. did I go into this, you know, expecting watchmen or a contract with God? It really is. Do you feel at the end, like the holiday was well-served? And I think these both in different ways address bits and pieces of the holiday season, so Hoop de Doo and dickery Doc. And don't forget to hang up your sock. And I'm Yeah, I'm so compared
0: so compared to our Thanksgiving one that we did a couple of weeks ago, Vision and the Scarlet Witch and Daredevil 178, mm-hmm. of these four comics, which holiday won out? Was it Thanksgiving or was it Christmas? Thanksgiving but only because I
1: love that vision in the scarlet witch oh, story okay. so very 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 much. Um that, I, I... you know Rodrigo pointed it out that moment where Wanda's brother and dad and uh her, her husband <laughs> yeah. have to go out and fight yeah, the villain together. Yeah. That's just such an, an on-point Thanksgiving metaphor
2: mm-hmm.
1: that I feel like it 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 hammers it. I mean that Daredevil issue was probably my least favorite of the four. <laughs>
0: Only because it's Frank but, Miller. You know,
1: well, yeah. But if you look at like you know, that's a five and a two for seven. This is a three and a three for six. So eh. yeah, Thanksgiving one out for me.
0: I don't know if I'd go three and a three for these issues. I'd definitely probably go for a four and a four and a three, and for and these for, and maybe a two. No, definitely not a, a, a probably Daredevil a two, and Vision and Scarlet Witch. I'd probably go a three. I mean, it's kind of split. It's kind of a bit above average, a little above average, but I'd give that a three. Daredevil a two. Hellboy definitely would get a four. Spider-Man a two. So maybe Christmas wins over Thanksgiving. And I'm not a huge Chris- fan of Christmas. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Which, which one of those four issues was your favorite? Which holiday wins out? All you have to do is Well, we're right drop in the middle us. Of Hanukkah, so. <laughs> oh yeah, well, we didn't do any Hanukkah stuff. We should have done that. Um, right. but, uh, in any case, everybody, please light a candle tonight, uh, and, uh, hopefully your oil doesn't run out. And if you have any thoughts on any of these comics, then just drop us an email podcast at majorspoilers.com. Make sure you check out our Patreon page. If you're looking for a gift for the new year, getting yourself a, a whole year subscription in advance to the major spoilers, Patreon page is, is an excellent, uh, deal. You save a little bit of money if you go for a year compared to month on month, but you can find out more at patreon.com slash major spoilers, and maybe we'll have enough money to bring uh, maybe a third person back next week. We'll have to see in the meantime, take care, be well. And here's hoping that uh, all your dice rolls are critical hits. And uh, <laughs> remember that we love comics and you do too. And uh, what do we say? At the end of Dooling review? Maybe, Matthew, Dooling will review, maybe Matthew will say something next. You
1: will say, yes, uh, maybe Matthew time. will
0: say that and uh,
2: good night and good luck. Bad the X-ray vision of a Superman, I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the colours of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose I could still read the evens and the odds. Well I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus as soon as the comic was store guy I knew to kicked my butt out on the corner. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler What a major spoiler If I'm stark Raven, like a man of iron I might not be surprised to find That I might actually have the hard cold To follow an entire storyline would I really even need To read upon all those escapades I mean, who needs such distractions When your sister's such a babe But the downside is such a beast Being shot up in a fun me in the Middle East With a gangsta and throwing soldiers what a major spoiler, what a major spoiler, yeah, 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 what a major spoiler, wow whoa, 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 what a major spoiler. This podcast is copyright 2021 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.